Good morning, y'all. Good morning. <laughs> today is Saturday, one eleven, and today I have the opportunity to talk to a friend of mine. I met another person I met for the gym. Yes. There's a lot of people <laughs> that I'm talking to from the gym, but um, she is molding the minds of our youth currently. She's a teacher at a high school, and um, she's just so far an interesting person from what I've seen, and very driven, and has a good outlook on life. Um, she has children who live in other countries, so she has the an idea of actually like what's out there. Um, she has done her own bit of exploring, so please welcome Michelle Brown. Hey, Michelle. Hi, Julian. Hi. We just got done with a ruck. A ruck is basically carrying weight on your back. That's uh, right. In a backpack. How much weight did you do? Twenty five pounds. Twenty five. That That's the f- total with the water included. So. That was the first time I saw you out there. Really? I used to, I did it all last year. Uh-huh. I love it. It puts me outside. Oh, yeah. And sure. being outside makes it peaceful for me. I like it. And it clears the mind you need a lot. It. Yes. You need it. Yeah. It's almost like a type <laughs> of meditation. But the last two rucks I haven't been because they've been in the afternoon. And Saturdays uh-huh. is my day. In the afternoon, I run errands and things like that. So when they're in the morning, I always I hit the ruck. You have any more rucks? Are you, pl- are you training for anything? Or no, not? I just do it because I like it. I just do it because I like it, and it, I feel good afterwards. It's just the best feeling for me. So you that's do any long ones? I've done lo- the longest ruck I did with with the with Brandon and them last year. I did 16 miles, and oh, I enjoyed it. No, today was what 10? 10. It's not bad. I did. I've run marathons, but that's different because there's no weight involved yeah, in the yeah, marathon. Yeah. Um, this is harder than marathon running for me. Yeah. Much harder. By the way, y'all, um, I don't know if you can hear it, but there's like cars in the background. So I'm going to listen to this after I record it and I'll see how the audio is. If it's not good, then I'll have to redo it. But um, okay. But we'll work with what we got so far. Sounds good. So um, I was going to ask, um, shoot, it, it was about rucking. Mm. Um, oh, meditating. Oh, yeah. When did you start meditating? I came into meditation a little later in my life. Okay. Although I grew up knowing it because uh-huh. um, a lot of my life I grew up in Hawaii where there's a lot of Buddhism. Yeah. Um, but I started meditating when I read the Dalai Lama's book. Uh-huh. And it was called The Art of Happiness. And okay. I read it many, many, many years ago. And that's what really turned me on. And then I went into yoga and I started doing yoga. And I just stuck with it, and I really meditating for me seizes the making of the movies in my head. Do you know what I mean by yeah. that? It stops that for me. It calms my head. That's good. Yes, and I always said in some kind of conscious thought, like we talked about earlier. Right now, it's for having patience because yeah, I yeah, find yeah. I don't. My patience is running low, so I always try to have some kind of consciousness this is i'm putting my intention towards meditation so now you like what you wear crystals and have a dream catcher no i don't wear crystals although a lot of the meditation i do listen to and you can listen to them on any free youtube yeah yeah, they do kind of for a lot of crystals i do have some crystals in my i do have them just because you know i like them i think they're pretty i think rose quartz is pretty i don't know they seem kind of calming to me just to have them near my in my room or something they're calming and they're pretty to look at also okay so let me ask you um by the way this is i hope you feel this is just a conversation right. between you and i that's right. it there's nobody listening you know no. it's just you and i talking yeah okay you're a teacher something i'm working on okay in my life is patience yes 
how do you deal with patients? Like, what what's something that you could tell me? Because you deal with kids, you deal with I deal with teenagers, adolescents. The kids are just learning their ways. Right. What's the best way that you have learned to deal with patients? To always remember what it was like at their age, mm. because when I was that age, I was just like that. And I've learned teaching, and this is my thirty-second year teaching. Kids really don't change. Yeah. Teenagers are teenagers, right? Always bucking the system. You know, their brain's not fully formed, right, as we know. So I remember, and I try not to forget. And I can tell you this, it's harder to be a teenager now than it was when I was a kid so? in the 80s. Ooh, our coffee's here. Oh, those look excellent. And they're going to be excellent. Almond milk. Thank you. Milk. Thank Lovely. you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Our biscottis will be here out in a yes, minute. Thank you. Thank you. We're at a coffee shop. We just got some coffee. Mm. Told you. She's delicious. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you. Um... So yeah, it's much harder. How the pressure on the kids, <clears throat> on teenagers, is unbelievable. Very much so. How long have you been teaching for? Um, thirty. This is my thirty-second year. Thirty-two years. My thirty-second year. Jesus yep. Christ! Excuse us. Bagel and cream. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you, ma'am. Scotty, enjoy. Thank, Thank you. you. You're gonna love it. In house. Okay, so thirty-two years. Uh-huh. How? How have you seen the change, like mm. with teenagers back then? I know you say teenagers don't change, but with the with the um, introduction of technology, yeah. with the introduction of social media, just from my teaching experience, my mm -hmm. personal experience with the kids, there's more pressure in what you wear, really? the way you look, perfection, Whoa. perfection. Um, even every, it is hard on girls, but it's even getting hard for boys. Whoa. I know boys who practice cutting their weight because they have to have the six-pack really yes um, I've talked to teenage boys who hate their bodies which oh. was unheard of when I was back in high school in the early from 1980 to 84 nobody gave a shit nobody gave a shit yeah. nobody gave a shit yeah we were active we played outside girls um, a lot of them now um, they feel that pressure yeah. to wear makeup all the time, to look perfectionist, and also bragging rights. This, mm. the, the emphasis on materialism is worse. Mm. Yeah, I have, you know, they're 15 and 16 and wearing Bal Balenciaga shoes. It's crazy. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. I get, like, sometimes, I was like that somewhat, but it took until maybe like my junior or senior year to realize that none of that shit mattered. I didn't even know what that was. Back in the day. Back in the day, we didn't know what all that was. We had a spree. Yeah. Guess jeans had just come out. Real quick, I'm going to pause this because okay. we just got some food. So we're going to eat real quick. But yes, we'll we are. All right. So we're bringing it back. We were talking about um, how the times have changed. Um, yes. So tell me what, like, okay, what have you seen? So you've seen difference in like oh materialism is way materialism bigger. is so much bigger and you know what else and we were talking about this earlier the art of communication yes because now what i see is people text each other yeah. rather than converse with each other mm -hmm. and i think being able to communicate verbally is going to be a lost art yes and i find that really common about with my students really so even like classroom interactions yes they classroom interactions even them I don't let them or allow them to have a phone mm -hmm. um, unless we're doing a, a project that needs the internet or whatever. But they would not, they'd rather text each other. And the sad thing about it is because they don't have to look at each other face to face, they're mean. They can be mean to one another. 
they can be very mean to one another because you don't have to face that person anymore. Yeah, and it's very under, it's very hard to understand emotion through text. Right, and they don't. And I think that's a sad thing. One of the sad things about all this great technology is the art of communication. And I do believe it's an art uh-huh. form because to be able to speak to someone and get your actual point across yeah. involves critical thinking. Yes. And if you don't develop critical thinking skills, then life is going to be very difficult, in my opinion. Oh, for sure. Yeah, that's just that, my opinion. That's one of the reasons why I like started this. Yes. Is because I want to work on how I communicate with people. Yes. So like, there are some times when I like I'll go back and I'll listen to these podcasts, uh-huh. just to see how I communicated. Like, did I cut them off? Did I interject? Did I let them finish their thought? Right. And so I think that's something huge. Like, I'm trying to focus on continuously focus I told you earlier yes continuously focus on focusing on improving how I communicate with others to me communication is so fascinating it is basically telepathy I am taking what's Mm -hmm. going on in my head Mm -hmm. and transferring it to your brain right that's crazy well what is also fascinating is communication and the way we do it is also yes it's very cultural and so it's hard for other people to understand where in my culture, which I associate with and I was raised in was the Latin culture. Uh-huh. We yell a lot. Mm-hmm. We're very animated. We yell. We're loud. And my dad who raised me, um, he raised me. My parents were divorced when I was a kid. He is Asian. Mm-hmm. He's very quiet. Mm-hmm. You know, and he doesn't get real loud. He makes his point across with a, with a deep tone. He doesn't have to yell. My mother is screaming. And so it was very difficult mm-hmm. to come to terms with that. And I find that as we grow as a country and we get more and more diversity all over us, we need to realize that sometimes cultures affect the way we look at one another and speak to one another. Something I was, I was thinking about yesterday was, um, do you know Tim Schultz from the gym? Tim Schultz, it, TK's dad. Oh, yes, I know Tim. Okay, so... When I first met him, we had gone on a hike near Canyon Lake, and he said the term coonass. Oh, from Louisiana? Yes. And I'm from California. So the word coon was like a racist term. Right. And when I heard him say it, I was like, whoa. Like, maybe this guy, like, right. in my head, right? Maybe this guy's racist. I don't know. So I decided to ask him. Yes. I said, I'm ignorant on where he's from. The way he communicates. Let me ask him. Right. And he was telling me that it's just uh, a term they used. It's nothing racist, nothing against, you know, black people. It's just a term they used growing up in Louisiana. And so that made me kind of check myself and like look at, okay, he's from somewhere else. So the terms he uses, the way he says Mm -hmm. things, you know, the things he talks about is going to be completely different. Right. Than anything that I And that goes back to that tabula rasa we were talking about, blank slate. Yes. Okay. So tell me about that. Blank slate. We said earlier, it comes. you can trace it back to Aristotle, okay. but the more modern view of it is from John Locke, the mm-hmm. English philosopher, and means you are born with your brain, you're born with a blank slate, yeah. and as you go through life, all your experiences fill that, mm-hmm. so you're a product of your environment, right? I'm a product of the way I grew up. Uh, everything I saw, everything I've experienced has shaped my point of view on life. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times it's hard for me to see somebody else's come like, how can you think that way? Yeah. But where they're from, their life experiences, they have been taught by. Yeah. And that's what I mean. And so I find that very hard, especially when I deal with other people, because to me something is so easy. And then I have to remember, wait a minute, Michelle. 
wait, they're different people. They have a right to think the way they want to. Yes. And I that's where the impasses come in and why we are arguing with each other or we see so much tension with one another. We forget. We're individuals. There was um, a quote. I forgot who said it. But I heard it recently that the... The... Like, travel mm-hmm. is the cure for... Ignorance. Yeah, yeah Mark Twain. Yes, yes, yes. That was Marcus. Marcus mentioned it yesterday Yeah, on the Mark podcast. Twain. And I do agree with that. I have been able to travel all over the world. I've been to many different countries. Yeah. And it has really opened my mind to the fact that we're all basically... We may look different, but inside... We're just the same. We're human beings trying to make it in this world. Yeah. We love our children. We love our families. We want to be happy. We want a fulfilling life. Nobody once says, oh, let's go. Let's go kill each other. Let's do this. No. We're all basically the same. So that's why, for me, having traveled all over into different continents and different cultures, Asia, Western Europe, Eastern Europe, North America, South America, Latin, everything like that. Why do we have to hate each other? Mm -hmm. Why do we have to fight with one another? What's the point? The ego. Yeah, it's which all of us have egos. And the point is to try to overcome and separate ourselves yeah. because no i i may like to think i'm the greatest i'm not yeah i'm not and i'll never be the greatest and there's such a thing as the greatest yeah right it's just really something different That's it's all something it different That's all it is. so what i've learned is always I, and what i would love to do is always every day i live try to do make this world a little better yeah i'm not going to be here forever so can i do that just a, every day, just a little bit of something that I know I help make the world a better place for my children, for my students, for my friends, any everyone, basically. A lot of what it is, I think, too, is like when you grow up in a small place yes. and you don't have the opportunity to explore. Yes. You believe that the world is just like where you're from? It's in, No. It's not even close. It's not even close. Not even we close. are actually a minority in the world, right? Europeans or Caucasians are a minority. The majority of the people in the world are Asian. Mm, There's a billion Chinese people. We just happen to live in the West where Caucasian people are the majority. We just happen to live in the West where Christianity is the majority. If we had been conquered by a Chinese explorer named Zhang Ha in 1450, we'd be speaking Chinese. Mm -hmm. But we weren't. We were down with the British on the East Coast, the Spanish right in the south and the west so we happen to be christians yeah it's just so we're not the whole world there's so much more out there oh yeah and to travel and to look and to meet people of different beliefs and different backgrounds it does open your mind to say oh my goodness yeah i'm not it's not just me there's more people out there oh yeah and they have wants and needs and yeah it's cool. And there's like seven and a half billion people on earth. Yes. And not a single person has seen what you have seen. That's correct. Not Isn't that fabulous? That that person. makes me go whoosh, like in my yes. mind. It blows my mind. Blows my mind. It blows my mind because no one else has the Nobody. same experience. No one. And my sister and I talk about that all the time. We grew up in the same house. But if she describes how she grew up and the way I grew up, it's gonna be completely we're going to be different. Not completely different, but, but they'll be they'll different. Be di- they'll be par- we'll be parallel. We'll be parallel. Yeah. We may intersect every once in a while, but our lives were, are paralleled. And we're only 18 months apart. Yeah. So it's not like we had totally different time periods. Mm-hmm. You know? And it's the truth. So tell me, where where did you... So you were telling me about you grew up, you were born where? Okay. I was born in Laredo. Let's get back to that. Okay. I was okay. born in Laredo. And um, we, uh, my parents 
were separated and they tried to make it work and we moved to El Paso when I was about seven or eight years old. So that was like 1973, 74, and it didn't happen. And they got separated and got a divorce. Um, and at that time, nobody got divorced, Julian. Mm-hmm. Nobody did. And I, w- I remember being embarrassed to say my parents were getting a divorce. Mm-hmm. And it was a good thing. It's not like our parents were helping. I mean, I saw things in my household that no child should see. Mm. Nothing, no child should see that. And uh, it was violent. And, oh, just, it was never quiet. My parents were very young when they got married. I mean, they were just too young to get married. My mother was with me, so they got married. And um, they got a divorce when I was about eight or nine, which was a good thing because I didn't have to see the violence that was going on in my house. But a bad thing because I was embarrassed. And I noticed from that point on, I started lying a lot. Mm. It really, I started lying a lot um, because I was embarrassed. Yeah. And, and, And I noticed that every time, looking back at my life, when I would be embarrassed about something or ashamed, I'd lie. Interesting. Yeah. It, and now as I older and I look back, I know where it started. Yeah. So, and then we, if from El Paso, my mother remarried to the man who raised me. Um, I call him dad. Um, and he's really interesting. He's half Hawaiian, half Korean. Yeah. And he was in the military. So um, from there, we moved to Hawaii because he's from Maui. And living in Hawaii is great. It gives you a great perspective. So much diversity. Because Hawaii is the only state where Asians are the majority. Okay. So I was the minority as a Caucasian Mexican Mexican person but they didn't consider me actually white because I'm Mexican and and so I was kind of in the middle um, but yeah Hawaii is really racially mixed my sister my former sister-in-law was Portuguese Filipino Chinese Hawaiian oh damn yeah it's it's all those are called local people um, yeah. there's another girl we work out with that Shayna, who's from Hawaii, she'll tell you the same oh, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She'll tell you the same thing. It's every everybody. It's very diverse. She's from Maui as well. No, she's from um, Oahu, Windward Side. I had friends who lived in. Or I have friends who live in Maui. Yeah, they work at the. Um, what's the the biggest like the one of the most popular luau's there? Do you know? No, I don't. I don't. Oh, okay. Yeah, because like I'm from there, so we didn't go to luau's. But ah, because you're yeah, local. You you're local. Care. We don't go to luau. We have whatever. Uh, yeah. But um, and in Hawaii, I lived there, and I, I loved Hawaii. Um, my dad was still in the military, so if he went somewhere, we would go and then go back to Hawaii. Uh-huh. Go for six months, come back to Hawaii. So, you know, we got to live all over the world and see places and visit places. And then as an adult, I've always traveled. But, yeah. And I just remember, even in Hawaii growing up, I was embarrassed about something or ashamed about something. And it all goes back to that. And ego. And then I went to college in Louisiana. And um, see, like... What I'm about to say is part of my life experience that shaped me. But for a long time, I was embarrassed and ashamed of myself. And I'm like, why? Why? Um, I graduated from college and um, I taught for one year and I got pregnant. I was seeing this guy um, who I ended up marrying because I was pregnant. Big mistake because we shouldn't have gotten married. Yes, we had been together for a while, about a year, but we shouldn't have gotten married you know he drank a lot I'm not a big drinker he drank a lot he became an alcoholic the marriage got violence and because I was ashamed of myself and didn't want anybody to think I was a failure at marriage Mm. I stayed in a marriage for 13 years that I shouldn't have stayed after day one you know because Mm -hmm. I stayed with it for ego yeah because I'm embarrassed oh 
instead of saying, you know what, I tried, it just didn't work, move on. No, I stayed for 13 years because I didn't want anybody to think that I had made a mistake. You know, I got a beautiful son out of that, but it was, a, and I would never, and that changed my view. I'm like, no, you don't have to get married. You can be a good parent without being married. You know, it's crazy. You mentioned how, like, your ego didn't want to feel the shame. Yes, right? I was ashamed. And we were talking about how a lot of times we are the ones who bring the suffering upon ourselves. I brought it upon myself. Which is crazy, right? Yes, it's crazy. Because realistically, if, let's say, I was friends with you during the time yes. and you told me, hey, I've been with this guy for a year, I'm getting divorced, I would be like, Okay. Yeah, but not. I every, wouldn't have a judgment on. No, you. but you'd be surprised how many people did. Like we said, when I got a divorce, you find out who really cares about you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There were people who stopped talking to me because I got a divorce. Whoa. Oh, members of my own family were very angry at me because you don't get a divorce. That's not right. You make it work for the child. I mean, I was like alone, alone, and I would I didn't know what to do it broke me yeah people like that were my friends were not yeah my friends my biological father did not talk to me for 10 years because i got a divorce and this mm. is a man who did not take care of his children and it took me that long to finally realize you know what he doesn't love you he didn't raise you and that's okay it's not my fault just because you have a child doesn't mean you're going to love that child mm -hmm. you know what i mean and i had to come to terms with the fact that my father really didn't love me. He loved the fact that I was married to a successful man and we had this big, beautiful house. And But he didn't, when I told him this is happening in the house, he didn't believe me. Interesting. Because it's much easier to live in your own reality than to yeah. see what the real world is, right? Yeah. Yes, for 10 years he didn't talk to me. 10 I, years. I heard something in a book mentioning like, like you're saying, right? Like, he just cared that you were with someone successful. You yes. guys had a beautiful house. Yes. And a lot of times parents, I think it's from Eckhart Tolle's book. Yes. He was mentioning how parents care more about their child's image because it reflects themselves. Ah, uh, yes. Than their own child's happiness. Yes, and that's true. And when I read that, my son, oldest son was maybe about nine years old when I read that book, nine or ten. And it changed my view. I'm like, that's right. And I'm not going to do that. Yeah. I don't care. If my child's happy and healthy, what else do I want in this world? Yeah. That's why I'm not like that with my children. Um, they do their best. That's all they can do. Yeah, yeah, there's like, there's like, I know that, I mean, I have friends who their parents, you know, it's like their parents would be happier. Yes. That they're, let's say, going to a four-year college that's right. super expensive and they're struggling and they're yes. hating their life. Because of But the they're thing. going to a nice college. So yes. they can say, my son got into Harvard. My and, son got into and Stanford. And in my 32 years experience teaching high school, yeah. well, 31 in high school, one junior high year, I've seen that. And it gets, it's, uh, in my personal opinion, as a high school AP, which is college level yeah. teacher, more and more parents, all they care about is that label of AP. Yeah. It doesn't matter how miserable their child is. I've had students, they come crying to me. They're miserable. They're stressed. There are kids who are taking Adderall because they have so much homework, Julian. They don't get enough sleep. So they take Adderall to stay awake. Mm -hmm. It's ridiculous. They go to school for eight hours, seven to eight hours. They go to practice. They come home from a practice at 730 or 8. And then they got like four hours of homework. I'm like... When are they supposed to be a kid? Yeah. When are they supposed to learn anything? 
or think it's awful. Okay. It's awful. I don't give my kids homework like that. I don't do that. Mm-hmm. I want to know if they're doing it themselves. So I make them do their work in my classroom. If they have homework, I give them three to four weeks of time to do it. And they also have time in my classroom. I will not do that to a child. Yeah, but those child, those children are only going to do it in the last couple of days of those three. Well, we have kids, we have past time to do it. Yeah. Okay, so, so now that we're on this conversation, yes, let's throw out ideas. So, okay. what is something that obviously, right? Like you may not be in a position of power to. I have no power. Make the changes, but but let's get the conversation going. What is something that you would implement as a way to? help the struggling students like like the school system now yes do you agree with the school system no so like what is something that you would implement to help change it well have you ever thought about it yes i have and i've actually been on panels and i've talked to people in power but they're so removed from the situation Mm. and they're looking at it as when they went to high school it's not the same Mm -hmm. it's not the same at all um i think what we can actually do is first all studies show that homework really doesn't make a big difference. It doesn't. Okay. Especially elementary school, there was really no correlation. Junior high, there's a slight correlation. In high school, a little bit higher, but not that much. Not significant. Not significant enough. To warrant. Yes, and I've always been, this has been my teaching philosophy. It's never what you do outside of the classroom. It's what goes on in the classroom. Yes. What's happening in the classroom. So why do we need to give a student 50 problems of homework? If you can do 10 problems, why do 50? If you can do 10, then yeah, you can do 50. Why waste time like that? Uh Do you know what I mean? If you need to have a spelling test, if you can do 10 words, that's enough. Why are you going to give 100 definitions? What's the point of that? What are you teaching the child to memorize, not to think? Give them something that teaches them to think. Mm -hmm. Because in the real world, does the boss care that you missed a comma? That you missed a semicolon? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. What the boss wants to know your idea. Yeah. Well, that's critical thinking. Teach them critical thinking skills. Why do you think this? Prove that. This is your opinion. Prove it. Based on what? So my students, when they state opinion, they can't just say, I think this and this and this. They have to say, I believe this because <laughs> and cite fact where did you get your info from Mm -hmm. that's how I teach and we've talked about it I'm not the only teacher who feels this way they don't listen to us what they care about is GPA 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 and SAT scores oh my god yes but mostly in Texas because they rank and so Mm -hmm. they want all these my kid has to be number one I actually had a parent tell me Julian my son is going to be valedictorian I'm like what uh, because he is the moment I put a grade in the grade book, I get an email. Why does he have this? Why does he have that? Mm. That's all. So that they can brag. Very few parents are about what is my child learning. Yeah. Marcus is one of those. Marcus cares about what his son is learning. How far has he grown? He wants to see growth. Yes. That's different than, oh, he made an A on this test. Oh, he made a B. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So chances are his child probably more successful because he understands and yes. he's allowed to fail and he learns from that failure. Kids who are not allowed to fail tend to struggle. That's the only way to succeed. That's correct. Is to fail. Fail. And yes. it I've learned from my failures, my first marriage. Yep. I learned a lot from that. I learned changes from how to my oldest kid to my youngest child. Yeah. The mistakes I made with my oldest, I know not and I'm not doing them again. I and mean, how else are we gonna get better? 
So in teaching, like when you first started teaching to where you are now, mm -hmm. as far as a teacher and a mentor, yes, ha what have you like? I, I know obviously like it's it's been years and years and years of like improving and improving. That's all. But what have you seen? Like what type of teacher were you in the beginning to where you can say, you know what? I have mm. improved, you know? Yeah. The first year I was teaching, well, my God, way back in the 80s, 87. Did you teach here in Texas? I taught my first year. I taught in Laredo. I went back to Laredo um, because my uncle, my cousin and my aunt were living there. My cousins and my uncle said, come spend a year with me, save some money. Yeah. And so I was, I did. I taught in Laredo for a year. Um, I learned one, not everybody gets it the first time. Yes. That was, uh, I just assumed. Like, oh, it's on the board. Yeah. And then every year I learned more and more um, how to deal with different people, how to talk to parents. Yes. How to um, talk to students, disciplining students. I first started teaching, I was one of those, sit down, what did I say? As I started teaching, I realized that's not the way to talk to anybody, much less a kid yeah. who's stressing out to begin with. Now I say, you know what? I know you're having a horrible day. Come back. Let's talk. sit there and just relax a little bit. And then we'll come back and talk in 10 minutes. Yeah. Or I say, you know, can you go step outside for about 10 minutes? We'll talk. Because they're teenagers. They're stressed out. And when you talk to them, you realize, Miss Brown, I'm sorry. You, I got in a fight with my dad this morning. It was mm -hmm. awful. Well, of course it's going to affect them, right? Yeah, yeah. Or I didn't get home from work till one o'clock. That's why I'm sleeping. But nobody thinks about the life of a kid. They forget about it. And I always try to remember what it's like to be a kid because I worked in high school. I played sports in high school. I made great in high school. I do remember what it's like. Were you? Has Texas always been home base for you? Um, Hawaii's really home base for me. How long did you live there for? 1976. 84 nine years oh what is that 19 wait what'd you say 1976 to 84 mm -hmm. eight years and you would consider that home base because i go home i'm a teacher i spend all my summers there in hawaii yes and ah. all I, I spend all my holidays there my parents still live there my sister lives there with her ch her children and my ah, brother okay. lives there with their children so my whole immediate family lives yeah, yeah, there yeah. so that i go home to there you know how to surf Yes, but I'm not as good as I used to be. But you could surf. Yeah, but I'm not like I used to be. I'm oh, old lady. That's badass. Yeah, no, it's not. Not now. I mean, you would laugh at me now, but yeah, because I fall on my. I I I eat wave so much. <laughs> I eat wave so much. I have no. My body's mostly salt water. I've eaten so much. Coral and I have gotten very close. Oh, your feet, right? Not just the feet, but we're like if you when you eat the wave you, you brush up against the coral and it scratches you all up i've heard that coral will go into your skin and grow yes it does that's crazy so yeah you i you know i spray myself down with some kind of pneumonia or something like that mm -hmm. so i won't especially if it's really bad and i got a little piece of coral stuck in me you've had I it take, before yeah I, I take it um not grow out of me but when i land and been eaten up cause, and then if you you should be wearing like a rash guard yeah, yeah, yeah. and sometimes i think i'm too cool yeah, so I don't, I don't need a rash guard. I'm old school, bruh. Uh -huh. But yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But living in Hawaii and doing all of that, I came back here, got, got a divorce, living in Louisiana, so I know what a kunas is. Yeah, what, what, what is a that A kunas is a Cajun. You ever heard of a Cajun? Yes. It was the derogatory term used for Cajuns. Now they just mm. call themselves, like they took ownership of it and... Yeah, like my husband who's from Louisiana, he says, I can use that word, but
but I don't want you calling my mother a coon ass. Do you know what mm, I mean? Like, okay, I yeah. can talk bad about mm-hmm. my sister, but you can't. Mm-hmm. Something like that. He's from South Louisiana, and his mother's last name, French last name, and they were from a Karen, Goche, and they were from a Cameron Parish. So What is that? Cameron Parish. Never it is it. like a big-time ah, Cajun French-speaking parish in Louisiana. A parish is what? Like it's a, a county. Louisiana oh, county. kept parishes based on church the lines of the Roman Catholic Church. That's why mm. they say parish. Interesting. So then we lived there, and then we got the opportunity to move back to Texas, and I wanted to because Texas is like my second home. My grandparents lived in Laredo. I was always there, too, with my grandparents. Living in Hawaii for June and July, I would go to my grandparents in Laredo. Crazy, right? Yeah. Spend time with them until they passed away when I was in the ninth or 10th grade. So did that. Yeah, slow down a little bit. I'm sorry. <laughs> and then when we moved here, I got a job teaching, and then I had a life experience that changed my whole everything. Um, you know, you grew up, especially back in the 70s and 80s, things were different at that time. You know, teachers would make comments about girls consistently. I mean, ask anybody my age who went to work at the time I went to work at. Saying sexual comments and stuff, it was all the time. You know, I had principals say things to me, and as many other teachers did. Mm-hmm. But you just kept your mouth shut if you wanted your job um but when i came here in 2012 i was at a very progressive high school with very progressive people and still i was like keeping to myself i didn't tell anybody i was had gotten a divorce because i was ashamed of my past divorce why who knows you know people would say how long have you been married i kept my mouth shut how old were you when you had your first child i was 23 but I was embarrassed because I was 23. How stupid. Mm -hmm. I was embarrassed. I did not love myself. I hated myself. I was just not a happy girl. Not at all. When you came here. Even after. For a long time. Even maybe prior. I never thought I was living up to my own expectation. I was embarrassed that I was just teaching. I went to graduate school, got a master's degree, and I would still say, that's not good enough. Why don't you have this? You should have had a PhD. I I felt like that. I did. And I think that's what put me in, what kept me where I was mentally, allowing myself um, to be afraid, to speak up my mind, to say anything. I was, now I'm loud, but prior to what happened to me I was very within myself I didn't say anything to anybody so when I started went to this school and um, I kept getting harassment from this one and I I didn't say anything and you know in this I'm I'm talking about it because if a young person listens to this I don't want them to do what I did okay Um, I want them to be brave um, and strong because they are It started off small, Julian. First, just playing with my hair. And I'd say, please don't do that. Then touching and rubbing my shoulder. Please don't do that. It makes me uncomfortable. I never told anybody. I can handle this. Whatever. Then my leg. Then making comments about what I wore. Then saying something about physically. And didn't say a word. And maybe if I had said something, it would have stopped. But I was too afraid to say anything. And I didn't. So it got worse. And it got to the point where he locked the door in my classroom. He locked it. 
and he wouldn't let me out of the room. And, mm -hmm. you know, he physically put himself on me. Um, and I was in shock. I couldn't, I was so shocked. It, people say, and I understand now why girls don't fight back. You're shocked. You don't know what to do. I was a grown ass woman. I you mean, still I still didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to do. I was a mother. I was 44 years old. What the, well, 45, something like that. I don't even remember now, 45, 46. I was like shocked. Even now it's a blur. Like it's hard for me to think and put myself back there. Yeah. I was shocked. Um, and I was, I just remember saying, what the hell? And I, I remember trying to bang on the door, going like that to let me out of mm -hmm. the, of the room. Um, and another teacher must have heard or whatever. And it was like, what's going on in there? What? And I, and I remember just saying, I'm in here, I'm in here. He pulled himself off of me right away. And when he opened the door, I kind of leaned against the door mm -hmm. and still I said nothing. Mm. I'm like, I'm okay, I'm okay, I'm okay. I got myself together and I ran. That man, it was a man who told. And it means, what was so funny was, one, I was embarrassed. I blamed myself. It was all my fault. And women who are my age blamed me. Mm. They blamed me. Because this man was a good guy, like I said earlier to you. Um, he mowed their lawns for them if they were sick. He brought them food. He did all, and they said, oh, look. And I'm like, this is why. Yeah. He was all buttering them up. Buttering them up, right? Well, so he come to find out he had gotten in trouble for this before in another, di in another school, and they just transferred him. And he was been transferred. Kids, young girls have reported him. That's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. Um, but when that all happened to me, I felt it was my fault. I kept it inside. I didn't even tell my husband until the school district called and said, you have to come. About three weeks later, they called and said, you need to write a statement and we want you to pursue it. And like, I'm not pursuing it. It'll get back. I'm not. And they're like, you have to pursue this. You have to pursue. I finally told my husband, but I didn't tell him anything anything nothing he was support very supportive when i finally told him but that's the shame that comes with that the victim feels embarrassed just like women who are abused feel embarrassed yeah. and i think i did not say anything because my past was the abusive past mm. and i let that carry me forward and what i want people and young girls to know is don't ever be ashamed you did nothing wrong you did nothing wrong nothing if someone doesn't listen to you, find someone else who does listen to you yeah. because you do have the inner strength to move forward. No one's allowed to touch you. And what I've noticed lately teaching high school is that kind of harassment has gotten worse. Really? Yes. Any of my, if you ask any student, they will tell you that, that catcalling has gotten worse. Um, nudes boys asking for girls to send nudes and if you don't send them i'm going to say this and this about Whoa. you yeah it's gotten worse and i don't think parents realize that because they really don't under know what goes on every day yes if i didn't teach high school i wouldn't know yeah i i, I the only reason i know is because i teach high school yeah. and i see it every day and i picked crazy. up phones i'm like what the heck is this why is this on your phone yeah like that that's crazy it's it's crazy how obviously like you're saying it's not your fault you were scared mm -hmm. but you were also saying how you were embarrassed i was very i'm still i'll be honest um and i'll give a great shout out 
what has helped me tremendously in my journey. Um, not only have I been, you know, going to therapy and talking about my issues, but when Lee said on your podcast and she talked about her past without shame, yeah, with so much bravery, I've said, Who, my God, Michelle, she's helping young girls. You need to do that. Step out and help young girls. Yeah. And so to shout out to Lee, she, she really, and I just want to cry because, because of her fearlessness. Yeah. I can do what I'm doing with you now because I would never have talked about it. Never. But Lee showed fearlessness and I'm like, you know what? She's trying to help others not go into that path mm -hmm. and I want to do that. I, you know, I want young girls to know it's never, ever, ever your fault. Yeah. Ever, 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 ever your fault. And young boys because it does happen to young boys too. Yeah. It's never your fault. No matter what. No one deserves to put their hands on you in violence, in physicality, in you know, even emotional abuse. You are better than that. Don't let anybody talk down to you. Yeah. And I don't think we teach our young kids enough of that. That they're, the self-worth, which I've noticed has changed. What young you, kids. You think it's become, it's lower? Yes. Really? A lot lower. A lot lower. Wow. Sometimes, it's not always the parents. Yeah. But sometimes parents, as and I'm a parent. I'm, so I'm guilty party also. I'm not trying to label anybody. We put so much pressure on our children, we forget. That's not our life. Those are, they have their own life. Yes. It's their life. Yeah. Let them live. Who are we to say, no, that's not right for you? No. You know, unconditional love is loving your child for who they are, not for who you want them to be. You know, love who they are. I think a lot of it stems, and this is just me throwing this yeah. out there. Yeah. I think a lot of it stems is, people are inherently so scared of other people's opinions that they don't do what they want to do yes so when parents grow up who are scared and then they have children yes. they try to have their child live the life that they wish they lived yes. because they were too scared of judgment to live the life they want to yes and me and some of the other teachers <clears throat> This is sad, and I don't mean to be mean about it, but we do talk about things like that and how these parents do that. There's labels. Sometimes they call them the cheerleader mom or the football mom mm -hmm. or, you know. We even have now the lawnmower mom who clears out the path, mm -hmm. mows out all the rough spots so their child has an easy way. And that's not who life is. Yeah. You know, it's not. And the, the child who does fall, the child who does have to learn and pick himself up is the child that actually succeeds in oh, life yeah. Oh, yeah. is that's true and I for myself teaching school I mean that's just for my observations you know people are going to disagree with me on that and that's okay yeah but that was just my observation teaching you know those who pick themselves up always do better yeah it's the the race we lose right that makes us the better runner not the race we win yeah and that's what I've always believed it's like we never we either win or we learn yes there's no losing there's no losing there is no losing so even from things that are n not too good that happened to me what did i get out of it what did i learn yeah what did i learn and that makes you have the mental capacity that you do now now that i yes now i look at my life and i'm saying you know what i'm very lucky yeah i'm a very lucky girl i've been able to make it through and because I've been able to make it through difficult times in my life, my children have learned that they too can make it through difficult times. Yeah. Right? 
because life can be so and I do believe sometimes we cause our own suffering but there are things that are out of our control and if something happens that's out of our control it's okay let's talk about that okay. the whole suffering yes so what are the books you're reading that talks about it you said you were reading what that I, was talking well about? I've read several different books about Buddhism okay so like I've the art of happiness is a book by the Dalai Lama okay. in it and of course the Buddha Siddhartha Gautama in his tenements of Buddhism it, that we cause our own suffering and we cause our own suffering because we're always wanting and wanting and wanting and wanting causes suffering yeah we're never happy we're continuously wanting more and more and more so the point of the Buddha is is be grateful for what we have mm -hmm. so in that book the art of happiness by the Dalai Lama he talks or writes about that get up be grateful you are alive just that is the gift yeah. you are alive is the gift we you know what I am a teacher by being a teacher it's a gift right why we always want all this materialism materialism is never going to be enough yeah because we're trying to fill the emptiness inside mm -hmm. we get an iPhone gotta have the new iPhone yeah I gotta have the new car like that's gonna bring us happiness right in economics they call it utilitarianism yeah satisfaction um, but it only makes you happy for a little bit of time and then you want something else yeah short so yeah the Dalai Lama in Tibetan Buddhism say what happiness is not about the material it's inside letting Absolutely. go of the ego yes. be free of the ego yes. to your true self and then you realize you are happy just we cause our own suffering there's a quote that I heard um, recently from Eckhart Tolle uh -huh. and it was that something along the lines of when you let go of who you think you should be mm -hmm. that leaves who you are yes and who you are is an un I think it's like who you are is an un um, what is the word like in untapped yes. uh, pool of possibility that's right and so like in our heads we believe we're somebody right and because we believe we're somebody there's these um preconceived ideas right. of who we should be that's right and if we're not that person that we believe we are we're dissatisfied right that's Eckhart Tolle said that we make all these movies in our head yes. of what we perceive we should be yes. we need to tear those out and to come to who we really are and once we're, we're who we really are, the amount of love we're able to give, the amount of gifts we're able to give is... Uh, unlimited. Unlimited, yes, oh, yeah. thank you. It is completely unlimited. But to get to that point, you have to be willing to tear yourself down. Oh, yeah. And that's very difficult to do. Oh, yeah. And I've been doing that and doing, you know, with their going to talk to somebody, therapy, just getting to that deepest point in me, the truth to get it all out so that I can be authentic yes be myself what is the new term now being woke yeah woke. yeah being woke That's what they say being woke because I know who I really am inside but do I want everybody else so talking to you for me I it, my, my stomach is in knots right now because who I really am and my true thoughts are coming out of the mouth yes a lot of times I don't I keep it to myself yeah. you know she's cuckoo look the way she thinks oh she's crazy that whatever but that's me and I'm learning that God I love myself being yes, this way absolutely. I love myself being able to tell you 
this happened to me, Julian. Yeah. This happened to me, but this is what I've learned from it. Yeah. Sharing my experiences has enabled me to love more than anything. I've yeah. been the love I have in me now. I wish I had it when I was twenty-five. Yeah. And I didn't. I think that's something that's huge is we don't get the opportunity to speak what is what we are going through without getting judged. And that's I think right. That's what most people are scared of. Oh, yes, definitely. Like when I like when I said earlier, you know, how embarrassing is it to say, you know, yeah, my father doesn't give a shit about me. Yeah, it's really hard. But out of all this work I've done on myself, I realize it's okay. He is who he is because of where he came from. I cannot blame him for that. That's who he is. Mm -hmm. And it's okay. I don't wish him harm. He's my father. If he wants to be around me, fine. It's okay. I understand you. And I've told him that. It's all right. I understand. It's okay. And it's fine. And I'm able to give him love. And maybe that helps him give him some peace. Mm -hmm. Knowing that, you know, this child that he produced that he really didn't know still out there saying hey here I am forgiving you forgiving yeah, yeah because by forgiving my father I have forgiven myself yes big time and that has lifted me up to such heights forgiveness of myself forgiving myself for lying all the time when I was young forgiving myself for not being good enough or what I thought was good good enough mm-hmm. forgiving myself for staying in a marriage and allowing my oldest son to see things he should not have seen right forgiving myself for blaming myself for being sexually assaulted none of those things are my fault none of them how none of them and that only came through loving myself mm-hmm. and how did i get to love myself tearing down this ego and saying this is not me this is who people want me to be but i'm not going to be that i'm being my authentic self and that is me and i become a better partner a better teacher a better parent this is kind of i mean maybe i'm going off the rails by saying this what but you're saying like a lot of it wasn't your fault right but Mm -hmm. do you believe that it was potentially your fault that you were in a marriage that you shouldn't have been in yes because your ego didn't allow you to see that it was okay to get out of it because you didn't want to be judged that's right that no you're absolutely right because I was raised in a Catholic family. I did go to Catholic school. Some of my education was Roman Catholic. I went to church, Catholic church all my life. My parent, my dad, the one who raised me was an altar boy for God's sake. Yeah. And he went to Catholic school. My mother was Catholic and she justified, she got a divorce because she's, you know, my, my biological father was not a decent person, right? Alcoholic. He was very violent in the household. When I tried to say, mom, this is happening to me, she didn't believe me because I never told anybody I was ashamed of it, Mm. right? So yes, that is, I could have said, no, I'm not going to get married. But my dad said, you're going to get married. You are getting married. That's my dad who raised me. You're going to get married. He's going to marry you whether he wants to, he's marrying you. That's the way it was in that generation. Yeah. But I've learned, yeah. But yes, I was embarrassed. And when people said to me, did you get married because you were pregnant? No. Mm. I would say no. I remember when somebody said, asked me how long Doug and I were married and I was embarrassed to tell the truth because it's my second marriage. And I was like, oh, long time. Instead of saying the truth, which is now is 14 years, yeah. going on 15. But I wouldn't say that because a lot of the people around me had been married 20 something years. Mm. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. How stupid is that, Julian? Crazy. Yeah, living this lie. It's so crazy. Something I've realized, um, 
I would say like within the past five years is yeah. like in order to be really cared about yes you need to be 100% authentic yes and it's crazy because you can lie 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 but people see through the bullshit it's so yes, easy it, to it, see somebody who's lying all the time and just like so embarrassed to tell the truth so yes. embarrassed to talk about their struggles but the people who talk about the struggles and who are authentic and just real about it yes those are the people who get cared for the most in my opinion yes right? because when I see somebody and they oh I'll lie about all this shit they've gone through all this or whatever yeah. then I'm like Okay, you're just a pathological liar. like. But I also know behind pathological lying, because I was doing it for a long time, is a tremendous amount of pain. Mm. They're in a lot of pain because they don't love themselves. Yeah. That is a tremendous amount of pain. To, to me, you are in dark. If we don't love ourselves, we're going to live in darkness. Yeah. You know the Greek word for living in darkness away from light? Do you know what that no. translates into? Sin. Ah. The Greek word for sin translates into living in darkness. Interesting. I learned that in one of my graduate school classes, and that made so much sense to me. Yeah. It's so much sense to me. Because if you're not living, if you're living in sin, in darkness, away from love, which is, for me, love is creation. Love is the universe. Love is everything that I see. The tree, nature, whatever it is. How sad that you cannot see beauty. Do you know what I mean? And that's mm-hmm. for me, darkness. You know, and now that I like in, in living in my truth and who I truly am, it's so weird. It's like you see and you go, God, it, aren't those beautiful? Look at that. That's gorgeous. Yeah. It's different. It's a different viewpoint on life. It's, it's so crazy. I was talking to yeah. somebody recently and I was like, because a lot of things for me, I, I might be weird, but like yeah. a lot of things fascinate me. Yes. I'm fascinated by life in general. Yes. And so I was like, I, I use this as an example with the person mm-hmm. I was talking to. Like, even the Kardashians fascinate me. Yes. Kylie Jenner, fascinating. It's, yes. And she was like, why? The girl I was talking to, like, why is that fascinating? I'm like, look, you can either see it as, like, oh, that's bullshit that she's rich for no reason, or you can see it as the perspective of, okay, this girl was given a good hand. She was given she a good hand. She took advantage of that yeah. good hand. And to me, it's fascinating that a human decided, okay, I have a good hand, let me monetize it. And create generational wealth for yes. everybody below me. Yes. Even though I may not agree with you know what's going on, right. I have to respect that she took that opportunity and used That's it. That's how I look at them because I'm not a fan of all that. But I, I look at them. I could care less. But I do find them fascinating that they took this one little thing, a sex tape, yep. basically, and yep. ran with it. Yep. I'm like, if that was. A restaurant. Everybody would be like, whoa, fabulous. Exactly. But because it was started from here, they fascinate me. Do I care what they're doing every day? No. Do I follow? Yeah. As, no. But it's fascinating to me. It's I'm fascinating, but to me, what fascinates me is human behavior. Yes. And that's why I love history. It's all mm. about, and history teaches me why we're at this point. I know why the United States is here, why it came into existence, what happened before. You can trace it. Boom, boom, boom. Just like you can trace, you're sitting in this vehicle, you can trace back to where it starts. Yeah. Right? Same thing. Okay, let me ask you something. Mm-hmm. Do you believe, so based on what you've studied, what you know, mm-hmm. the basics deep down of the human condition, do you think we have changed as humans? In the, the human condition? Like we're still... I think throughout history, what I've read... Throughout history about people, humans still want to be wanted. They want to be loved. 
that is ingrained I think we want we want to feel loved those people who grew up like what do we call those kids who grew up they're wild like wild children do you know what okay. I'm talking about they've been raised in the wild or didn't have weren't touched weren't hugged they have a lot of problems mm. do you know they do they grew up I don't know what you're talking about but oh feral the word is feral okay. children okay they they have a lot of problems they never like become socialized into okay. the human um, society and psychologists and medical doctors say it's because they were not loved as children mm. children who are not physically given a physical affection uh -huh. suffer emotionally and socially and intellectually mm. so deep down I think we all still want to be loved and to be wanted and you know what else I've learned this is what I've learned from teaching we all want to be heard yes we want to know that what we say matters and if you study history it's all the same freaking thing you read these ancient documents that have been translated from the Sumerian which are like 6,000 you know BC uh -huh. and they all say the same thing that you can read documents where a father is writing about his son and he's like oh he's lazy and he doesn't want to do this uh -huh. I'm paraphrasing Socrates from ancient Greece life is wasted teenagers are rude and disrespectful life is wasted on the youth you know Whoa. so basic needs have always been there what's changed is our environment right technology yeah. Because I look at it this way. If you take an ancient Egyptian okay. and drop that ancient Egyptian, let's say into the 1600s, not too much has changed. Oil-based lamps, right? Ox-driven carts, at beast of burden, right? Okay. Not much has changed. It could probably get into it a little bit. But if you take that ancient Egyptian and drop him into the 20th century, let's say 1990 or today, can you imagine the freak out? Uh -huh. Electricity, cell yeah, phones, yeah, TV. Yeah, yeah. We've been to the freaking moon, for God's sake. You think so? I know so, Julian. You think so? Yes, I know okay, so. Okay, so then why is it? Why is it? I'm not a conspiracy person. Why is it? And I I, I, I don't know. You know, I, I don't yeah. know. I wasn't there. You yeah. Know? But. I remember watching it on TV, by the way. But. Yes. Why is it that we have been the only humans to touch the moon? The U.S.? No other country has gone after we have gone. Well, according to historians and political scientists, we beat everybody, so what's the whole point of going back? We still go up into space, right? Okay. And the last time we went, you know, they weren't successful. You, you know about that, right? Okay. Yeah. So we go up into space all the time. Why hasn't anybody gone out to the moon? Why hasn't anybody? Well, we're thinking about going back. Other countries have thought about Why? going back. Why haven't they? Because you know how much it costs? Okay. We don't even on. fund NASA if Russia, anymore. If, if we Russia, don't even fund NASA. NASA's not even being funded right Russia now. If Russia got to the moon before us, I guarantee... I'm not saying no. I guarantee because I don't know. Russia, you don't think we would go after them and we would say, okay, we also want to touch the moon. Yeah, uh, well, let me tell you what happened, okay? Explain. I'm ignorant, so... You're so, not You're not ignorant. ignorant. But, I I, but, you know, once we're conspiracy theorists, it's hard to change somebody's mind. So I don't fight on conspiracy theory. You know, I'm, I consider myself a historian. I've studied history you know for all my life and some political science and law but mostly history, history. Okay. Um, I believe in history okay. when the vi the videos the film that NASA has and we're on the moon I believe it mm -hmm. um, we tried to go back to the moon several times we have other country Russia was into space before we were yes and they satellite thing but Russia never had the technology at this time we did we, you know, you remember the whole 1960s math and science race. And that was before me and my time. Well, <laughs> you're a little older than I. Well, am. I know, but I, <laughs> I wasn't born at the beginning of the math and science race. It came after Sputnik. Um, 
that all took place, but then people started saying, we've been to the moon. Why do we need to go back? It costs so much money. What's there? There's nothing there. Why didn't another country go? Explain that to me. Well, the Soviets did try to make, but they couldn't make it. And then they, so we got caught, caught, caught up in different wars. And Soviets, if you remember, were in Afghanistan for about 11 years and in other countries. So most of their money is going to military and defense. Mm, okay. You go where your money goes. But, you know, I'm not an expert on the Soviet Union. I just know what I studied. Do you believe that what you... And I'm just throwing this out there. I'm yeah. just playing devil's advocate. That's fine. I love to play devil's advocate. That's good. And I like it when people play devil's advocate on me. Yeah, it's Because good. it allows me to think deeper on the position that yes, I'm holding. Yes, I call that a flipped classroom. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so do you believe that what you believe is only because you studied history in the U.S.? Have you studied history books of other countries? Okay, so yes, I have in graduate school. Okay, tell me about it. Okay. <laughs> and also when you... Uh, see, I majored in... My stuff... One, my master's thesis, I wrote it on a woman named Rosa Luxemburg. Okay. Because my, my whole thing was 20th century Europe, which is what I studied. But I studied other things too. So when you're in graduate school and you take something you want to settle on 20th century Europe, you've got to read books and stuff from the other person's point of view. Yep. So I've looked at World War II from the Japanese perspective. Interesting. Yes, the, the Chinese perspective. I studied the American Revolution from the perspectives of the British. Whoa. And I teach my students, look at all the perspectives that we have. Okay, so what Because we, it's very different. Yes. Very different. Okay, so let's take something like we did bombing in Germany, right? Night after night, we bombed. Okay. It was World War II. It's war. Yeah. Bombing's going to happen. We bombed civilians. We did. Okay? But so did every, I'm not saying two wrongs make a right. I'm just trying to say their point of view. The Germans hated it. They were like, we didn't bomb your country. But yet you come over here and you bomb us and killed all these civilian people? But we don't study it from that point. We're looking at World War II. We're bombing Germany. We're at war. They, the German citizens, who are not Nazis, just everyday German citizens, look at it and say, you destroyed where I live. You bombed not military installations, not industrial installations, homes. Yeah. Yeah. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. They look, if you look at it, the American Revolution from the point of view of the British, we committed treason. We were British subjects who rose up against the King of England mm, and yes. Parliament, because the King was basically waving at that time, Parliament, and we are traitors. We are traitors. Yes. And then if you look at it from the French Revolution point of view, the French say we really never had a revolution. We did not overthrow a king and queen and get a whole new government. When the revolution of America is over, we basically continue living on, you know, because Britain was so far away, where the French cut the head off the king and the queen, changed their government completely, made religion illegal at that time after the French Revolution. Totally different. So what about the, what about the perspective of World War II from the Japanese? Oh, that's really interesting. And then I just come back from Japan, and I have been to Hiroshima twice. Um, for them, and what I've read, first of all, it's so strange. Where the Germans say the Nazis were horrible, Oh my God, and they make it illegal to fly the Nazi flag in Germany. It's totally illegal. And they talk about the concentration camps. They talk about that. I found out in Japanese textbooks, when I was, my son did teach public school in Japan for two years. Um, they don't even, they barely skim over it. Mm. Because their culture is more national identity. We're more individualistic. They're more nationalistic. Do you know what I mean by that? Because they're still more homogenous in their makeup. Do you know what I mean by that? No, Most, the Japanese are all, what, 
Japanese ethnic, you know, their ethnicity. Okay. United States, we're American, but all our, I'm yes. what, Hispanic? Different ethnic it, groups yes, come together. Right. So they don't want to upset the harmony. They're all about harmony and mm, balance. Okay. They're all about harmony and balance. But when I went to Hiroshima and I went to the museum and I saw the ruins and I saw the shadows, the, Hiroshima calls itself the city of peace. And with what they want, and you can see this and they talk about it a lot and the museum is all about this. These are the effects of a nuclear war. These are the effects of it. Let's not go there again. Mm. Let's not go there again. Right? Mm -hmm. Let's not go there again. That's what they... But then you have the Koreans. They hate them. They hate the Japanese. Well, you know what the Japanese did to Korea and China, right? The rape of Manchuria. No. The Japanese had taken over Manchuria and called it Manchukuo. They raped, murdered, burned thousands upon thousands of Chinese people Okay. because to the Japanese and I saw these Japanese soldiers interviewed they're like we looked at them as animals not human beings Whoa. that's the way the Germans looked at the Jews right as mm, animals yes. not human beings or the way the Turks of the Ottoman Empire looked at the Armenians and committed genocide against the Armenians but we're not allowed to say that mm. Turkey is our ally so it's not even in college, we called it genocide when a million Armenians were slaughtered. But in the history books, we don't talk about it that way. How do we talk about it? It's um, like a war. Whoa. It depends. So he, what? that's what I people like, oh, you're such this, you're such that. Because I've read other points of view. Yeah. I've read other points of view, you know? That's... that's... If you, yeah. If you look at the Nazis, they're like, they were Jews. They were animals. They're not good. And they looked at them like that. Well, I mean, that's how we saw blacks. Yes, uh, amen. Yes, we did. And when people say that's not the way we saw blacks, I'm like, all you have to do is read the congressional records. Yeah. From three fifths, or uh, even before that, right? Even before that, the founding and they're like the founding fathers wanted this and that. And I'm like, if you go through what the founding fathers always wanted, I wouldn't be voting. I wouldn't be educated because I'm a woman, mm, right? Yes, yes, and yes. African Americans would still be three fifths of a person, mm -hmm. and they'd still be slavery. So it doesn't even matter what the founders wanted. It was so long ago. Yeah. They have an amendment, right? Which means you can change the Constitution. It's there. There's a process to change it. We've changed it 27 times. Mm. You know? Yeah, we did. And we, some people still look at African Americans. They look at it's any... It's really sad. Yeah, it's really sad. But some people look at Asians that way. Some people look at Latinos that way. Oh, for sure. Oh, and then there's like people who call, you know, poor, pe poor white people white trailer trash or something. Yeah. Something it's I've very sad. Something I've learned, and I was like, I've talked to JR about this because uh -huh. JR's been to war, right, he's been to other right. countries, and I talked about it on the podcast. Is like, it's so crazy that we have people above us telling us to go to war, right. telling us to take our lives. Right. Maybe not me personally, right? right. But there are Americans right. who are going to war, taking their lives. When realistically, if they went to that country just to visit, they can sit down and have a beer That's with right. the guy that they're trying to That's kill. That's exactly correct. And if you read <clears throat> stuff like that. Um, I took this one class in graduate school called Sociology of the Vietnam War. And the professor of that class was a Vietnam vet. This was back in 86. He was a Vietnam vet. He, um, and he talked about that. He said exactly that right there. He said, the people who make the decisions to go to war are not the ones that go. Yes. And if they went, they would know that they could just sit down. He said, because I had many beers with them. Many mm -hmm. beers. Right? And can you imagine the American Civil War? You had families torn apart, mm -hmm. torn apart, brother fighting brother. You know what that stems from? I think all of it stems from the fact that we see differences more than we see yeah. how we are similar. That's right. And we're very similar. So it's 
But if you, yeah, if you study about Vietnam, it goes all the way back to French colonization. The Vietnamese fought off the Chinese. Uh -huh. Two women, the Trung sisters, threw the Chinese out of Vietnam a thousand years ago. We've always wanted to be independent. That's what the whole history is based on. But we don't look at that culture before we go in there and say, ooh, you can't force people to think like you if they're mm. not raised like you. Just like I can't force somebody else to think like me. Yeah. How, what makes us think we can go and force everybody to think like us and love? Yeah, we can't. Yeah, it's crazy. Right? I can't even make my child do what I want. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? There's Americans who believe that America, the American way is the right, right way, way. But not realizing that humans have been on earth for thousands and thousands of years. Everybody's living in a different place. Everybody's living by a different set of rules, rules. but everybody's living. Everybody is living. And I've been to places like China where there's ancient, ancient things. You want to see ancient? Go to freaking China. It is unbelievable, the ancientness of this place. And I think in the uh, United States, we have, what, 250 years of ancient? Mm. You go to China, go to Italy, and you can see the ruins of real Rome. Mm -hmm. Thousands of years old. You know, thousands of years. Even in Africa, go look at the pyramids of North Africa. Go look at the pyramids of Nubia. Go to Songhai and see the ancient stuff, an ancient Timbuktu, which had universities. Uh -huh. Go, that is ancient, yeah. ancient, ancient, ancient. That's also a perspective that I never thought about because, like the U.S., what we see here is only recent. It's somewhat, recent. Right? It's recent. But then when you go to other countries and see that, you know. That's right. You have no other choice but to know that there were people here thousands of thousands years Thousands of... Ago. If you go down to Mexico, right? Go to where the Aztecs were. Go to Teotihuacan. Yes, 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 go yes, to yes. Tenochtitlan. Mm -hmm. Go to where the Mayas. Mm -hmm. you, that's ancient stuff. You know, like the Mayas had zero. Right? The Mayas had the concept of zero. Them and the Indians are the ones from India. India, un fascinating country. Fascinating. That's where algebra comes from. That's where our numbers that we use wow. come from. They call them Arabic because Arabic sailors picked them up in India. But that all comes from India. How many different countries have you traveled to, as far as you know? What's your guess if you were to throw a number out there? Over 10? Over 11? Oh, okay. Yeah. I haven't been to Antarctica. I want to go to that continent. Hmm. I heard there's like 90% of it is just... Ice. I know, but just to say you win. How fabulous. That's cool. Yeah. Okay, I got a question. You being a uh, history... Uh -huh. studying history I haven't I would love to have maybe not yet maybe once I get you know do a few more mm -hmm. podcasts but I want to have my mom on and talk about her childhood oh I would love that she was born in Cambodia right I remember you telling me her family escaped the Khmer Rouge right. regime right her brother actually got killed trying to escape but what do mm. you know about the Khmer Rouge and horrible the I do about Pol Pot and he turned. He wanted the country to start at year zero, and he turned children against their parents, and he had all the intellectuals killed. And this is what scares me: studying the, they history. They killed the smart people, right? That, the intellectuals, teachers, oh. any intellectuals. Why do you kill off the intellectuals? So you can start by. You start with ignorant people who mm. believe what you say. Yes. And I told my students this: knowledge gives you so much power. It does. It doesn't. The smarter you are, l no. listen to this. Listen, no, just listen. Okay, listen. The more you study. The more you know about history and government, the less you're going to have somebody tell you what to do and how to think. That's what I mean by that. Yes. So like you, you're saying I'm ignorant. What are you doing to combat your ignorance? Learning. You're learning. You're reading. Yes. You're getting smarter. Yes. That's my point. But but for me, for, for me. It gives you self-power. Yes. But for me, knowledge isn't power. Knowledge is the potential for power. Knowledge only becomes power when it is put into a plan of action and carried through the Right. End. But I can read a thousand books. Right. But do nothing with that knowledge. 
right. how powerful am I? Yeah, not, not, it's there though. See, my thing is knowledge gives you the power so that you're not afraid to say, I'm, I don't believe you. Yes, I agree. That's how Absolutely. I, that's what I'm, so we're on the, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's how I feel. So when someone says something, I'm like, you're lying and you know you're lying. Yeah. People who are not as educated they don't, be- they believe the bullshit. The right? bullshit. They believe the bullshit that somebody who's completely doesn't know them, who's so different from them, is no, it doesn't work like that. That's what knowledge is. And Pol Pot did that. Who were the followers of Pol Pot? Not the educated mm-hmm. class. Who were his? Your mom can tell you. The poor farmers. Because what did he tell the poor farmers in Cambodia? What did he tell these poor people? The pet. It's going to be better under me. We're all going to be this. We're going to have all of this. And then he went and slaughtered. And how did people like that? How did he get children, adults to follow him and murder millions of people, of his own people? Mm -hmm. Not the ignorance. They're ignorant. The intellectuals are out to get you. They think they're so much better than you. Who did he kill? Your mom will tell you. Actually, my my uncle, my mom's brother. Uh He, um, I had remembered a story about them. They were talking about it. Mm-hmm. He was, so when they lived in Cambodia, uh-huh. he had gone out to like the river to mm-hmm. either fish or to go like wash off uh-huh. or something. And the Khmer Rouge uh-huh. people had gone to their neighbor's house. Right. Their neighbor was a doctor. Yep. And they told him, the doctor, either you give us everything you own mm-hmm. and come mm-hmm. with us. Yes. And he, he disagreed. So they shot That's him right. in front of his family. That's right. They, he did worse than that. He tortured in front of people's family. You either come here or not. And so many of the intellectuals are like, we're not following you. The doctor said, no, you're killing. Kill him. Yeah. And then you had little children killing those. The, the warlords in parts of Africa where they're fighting now, like the Janjaweed, they're taking children and giving them mass weapons, AK-47s, and they're going around shooting. You start them like that. If you look at Hitler, look at the Hitler youth. How did a whole country follow a crazed madman? Look at Stalin, 54. He killed 54 million of his own freaking people. Not he, he had followers. That shows you. You can your mind can be very strong or very weak. And if someone tells you what you want to hear and say it's not your fault, your life is the way it is, because of your choices, they don't want to people don't like that. I've learned that teaching history. It's somebody Mm. else's fault. It's somebody else's fault. And then yes, right. Carrie, get angry. You'll follow. You'll follow whoever tells you what wow. you want to hear. Those are called cults of personality in history. Cults of personality. A cult of personality. Look at you. Uh, you probably don't remember. One of the religious cults was Jim Jones. You ever heard of Jim Jones? Mm-mm. Is that the guy that got everybody to drink the poison at the same time? The Kool-Aid. Yeah, yes. I heard about that. Tell me about it. Oh, uh, when I was a, I was a child and about Jim Jones, people followed him. Yeah. They did. And they went and he said, oh, they're coming off to get us. They go off to Ghana or, or Guyana. They're there. All those people drank poison. Yes. They're coming up to us. Be brave. And they gave it to their children. That's a cult of personality. No matter what, they believe everything you say because it makes you feel good. What do you think? Okay. So like when it comes to like humans, right? And who we have on earth and all that. Do you think that there are inherently a certain percentage of people who are going to be sheep yes and they're always going to be sheep and there are only a certain 
amount of people who are born as like individual thinkers. I think. Do you think we can change? Yes. On a larger scale to turn more sheep into individual yes, thinkers. Yes, I you can. Think, do you think that will change, or do you think it's just the human condition? No, I think we have socialized ourselves. But do I think people that are natural born leaders and carry the charisma to have people follow them more so than others? Yes, look at the personalities, mm -hmm. right? And some people will follow other people, I believe, because not because they're more intelligent, but because they have that word charisma. They follow. There's something that draws you to them. Ever yes. met anybody like that? You're drawn oh, to for them. Sure, for sure. They don't even have to say anything. You're just drawn. Yeah. Yes, I do. But I do believe there are certain. Um, within our society that doesn't teach us independent thinking. Yes. There are certain aspects of society that if you think independently, we're going to kick you out. Shame. Yeah, yep. where you won't be part of our club anymore. Yep. That stops a lot of independent thinking. Yes. And also, when this is what I've learned too. And it's happened to me. When you find out the truth about something you were taught all your life and you realize that's not the truth, it blows you away. You're like, holy... It's hard to accept that. You mean all this time? It's not true. You feel like an idiot. No one wants to feel like that. Yeah. It's much easier to believe something that is not true. Yeah. Than it is to be, to understand what the truth is. Don't you think? I found that in my life. I think it's harder to accept yes, the truth. Yes, it is very hard. But as I've gotten older, I have come more. I have become more drawn. Yes. To accepting what is true, even though it hurts so let me ask you this is this because you can you're an open-minded person and you don't belong to any certain sect within society i hate classifying myself as anything yes see i feel like that I too i hate that i don't like it and i think that's what allows me to accept truth even if i don't like the truth even if i hate it mm -hmm. it allows me to accept what is real and what is not but i do remember when i was very active in certain parts of society i stayed because I wanted to belong to something, right? That is what people want. They yes. want to belong. That's when we, we talked way back earlier about, do you think people are inherently the same? Yes, we all want to be loved and belonged uh -huh. since the beginning of time. Yeah. We've always traveled in bands of people, groups yes. of people, clans of people. Yes. Very few people want to go off and be by themselves. And those who do, we say, oh, they're weird. They're, they're, they're monks. They're, they're weird. They're strange. There's something yeah. wrong with me. But are they? No. No. They're the ones who They're are the ones, yes, on a higher level, level than, than we are. are. Yeah. That's right. Do you think it's changing? Depends. Sometimes I do and then sometimes I don't. I'd like to think we're changing. And then I I listen to conversations I'm like we're going backwards. Sometimes I think we're going backwards. I do think sometimes we're going backwards. I think it's just I don't think it's changing. I think the way it's happening is changing. So, like, something I think about is, like, okay, when you're born in a small town, right, you, a lot of your ideologies and everything just comes from that small town and yes. there's people in that small town. Yes. But now we have the... Um, internet. The internet. But, so that uh, there's positives and there's negatives. Yes, always. But I think what people take for the internet is they're using it instead of, let me research, let me look at different That's points right. of view. They're, they're using the internet as a way and social media as a way to create echo chambers for themselves. Yes, I agree. So it's that a, they, that's right. There is, <clears throat> oh my God, aha, yes. And I truly believe that's exactly it. I remember one time I was standing in line and these people were talking about things they saw on Facebook. I'm like, none of that is true. How can you? Yeah. But I didn't say anything out loud, of course. But in my mind, I'm like, God, you guys are ignorant. You're getting your news from a Facebook post? Yeah. 
no, you're following people and you're looking at people who believe just like you do. Yes. So they're reinforcing the lie. Yeah. They're reinforcing a lie. You know, we were talking about when we were rucking today, the reinforcement of a lie is yeah. it's it's not good. Nobody, I don't know. It just and that's why I mean we're going backwards. I think people, you know what I think we should implement in schools? What? The requirement of reading books about ego. Oh, I would love that, but that'll never happen. I know. But it would be great, but it's not going to happen. Because for me, something I've learned in life is like my ego controlled everything. So like I had this um this tendency to even if I was wrong, mm-hmm. I was right. Doesn't matter what it was. You're looking at your reflection right here. Yes. I was like that. It very I remember they used to laugh at me, my sister and them. You can say it, Michelle, wrong. You yeah. were wrong. Say it. Say it's still hard for me sometimes. Yeah. And now I don't mind being wrong. I always tell my little brother and like something I try to just reinforce in my own mind is it's it's okay to be wrong. It's okay. But it's not okay to be wrong and not admit it. That, that was hard. Where there's an issue. See, I even had that issue with you earlier regarding the China thing. I'm like, I can't do it. What? No. Mm. You see what I mean? It, it's hard for me still, Julian. Yeah. Especially, and I, this is my ego that I'm trying to break away from. You're so much younger. What do you know? You know what I'm saying? Yes. How dare I think like that? Who am I to say that someone who's 26 may know more about a subject than someone who's 53? Mm. It happens all the time. But yet... I was programmed. Your elders are always right. Yes. Same here. Uh, uh, yes. Same here. You don't question anybody older than you. Yep. Can you imagine? Now I'm thinking, question, there's ways to question not rudely, of course. Yes. But I'm like, yes, question. It's okay to question. Yeah. Just because you're old doesn't mean you're smart. Yeah. You know, doesn't mean you know everything. And the only way we can get smarter is by accepting that we don't know shit. shit. And the more I realize that I don't know shit. Oh, the more, it, you, the more you learn, the, the more, more you realize. Yeah, you know, I don't shit. know shit. And you know what? It feels kind of good not to learn, not yes. to know shit. Yes. <laughs> That's good. Like we were saying, like I've become an observer of life. Yes. Or just try my best to just, be right. just an observer and just take things in, take things in, take things in. And working on being as objective as possible. And which is hard. Absolutely. Absolutely hard. But I tried to do that too. Let me try to be objective. But then again... We're shaped by our environment, and you have to be willing to break down everything you know. Oh, yeah. Break it down, let it go, and open yourself up. And that is, as Shakespeare said, that's the rub. That is the rub, which means you know it's good for you, but it's going to hurt. Yes. Like rubbing. Yeah. That's the rub of it. Mm, Interesting. Yep. I think we'll end it right there. Okay. (laughs) That was a solid podcast. I appreciate you having the time and taking the time to talk to me. I was excited about this, trust me, because I've listened to your podcast they are fabulous. I like them and I learn from people. Like I mentioned earlier, I learned from JR. I learned from Tim. I learned a lot from Lee. I learned. From that's Lee. that's, that's what goal. I want. I'm glad. I'm really glad that people are learning. But that was my goal, right? To do this, talk to as many people as pos- possible, try to see as many perspectives of life as mm-hmm. I can so that I have a better understanding of the world. Because if I continue to not talk to anybody and have these long form conversations, mm-hmm. I don't get to see where you're from. I don't get to see what you've seen. Yeah. I don't get to know what you've been through. So what my idea of life is, is just what I've lived. Right. But that's not the, that's not the world. The world is a combination of seven and a half billion, billion people, people with different ideas and different experiences and understanding that it's all different. That's right. It's all chaos. Organized chaos. Organized chaos. <laughs> yes. All right. Thank Excellent. You very much. No, thank you. We'll definitely be another. Thank you.